Well, good morning, church. Glad we're here for worship together. And uh, either by, by online or here in the sanctuary, we've invited our, our deacons and their families and our, our staff and their families are here this morning. And we are worshiping live while you're worshiping online with us this morning. We're getting ready for May the 10th. May the 10th will be next Sunday. It's Mother's Day. We're, we'll be coming back together. As you're ready, we'll be coming back together and, and worshiping at 8 o'clock and 1045 and having our small group times as well. But today, while we're here as a leadership team, we're going to be looking at best practices, how we can best prepare for you to be here, how we can keep our facility clean and, and keep you healthy as we gather back together for worship. What will happen on May the 10th? You need to understand. We're going to have two services that morning, 8 o'clock and 1045, just like we did in the past. And uh, we will uh, also have small groups at 930. So basically on Sunday, May the 10th, everything will look the same as it did when we were meeting prior to COVID-19 and our, our, uh, our, our social distancing of our church. So 8, 9.30 and 10.45. Let me explain a little bit about what will happen during that time. We will have uh, small groups as the small group leader is willing to meet. Understanding there are some small groups that might not be ready yet to meet, but the leaders that we have talked to, uh, we'll talk to some more today, are moving in the direction of meeting. If your small group is not going to meet, someone will contact you and let you know that you will not be meeting on that Sunday with your small group. You'll still be meeting by Zoom or some other form of, of communication, but you may not be meeting on campus. So someone will be in touch with you about that. But it looks like most small groups will meet. Our child care will be provided. Uh, we will have a focused child care time at 930 during small groups and 1045 worship time. So there will be child care provided. We've uh, taken extra precautions to clean our entire facility. Uh, we've, we've called in an outside cleaning service to, to completely sanitize our facility. We will clean in between all of our activities, and uh, we look forward to keeping this place as clean and, uh, and prepared for you for worship and for your activities. So we, uh, we ask you to, to come if you feel capable of coming, you, you want to come, you feel ready to come, if you're healthy and uh, you're ready to come and worship on May the 10th, we want you to come. However, if you say, I need a little more time, we understand that. We support you in that. Our online services will, will still be up and running. We'll still reach you the way we have in the last couple of weeks. And we want you to feel comfortable staying home as long as you feel that you need to until you're ready to come back and engage in worship. Uh, we also, though we have children's ministries up and running with focused activities 9.30 and 10.45, if you desire as a family to bring your kids and stay with your kids during that time, that is, that's your choice and we will support you in that. We understand that. Kids are always welcome in our sanctuary. We want, we want to hear kids and, and see kids. That's what's the future of our church and, and we want to keep that uh, moving forward. So that's not a problem at all. We do ask that you social distance in this time, that you respect others. I know we come back together in church. A lot of times we feel like this is a real safe place. We want to hug necks and shake hands and, and just uh, greet people as we have in the past. We want to ask you, though, to respect others, social distance, listen to what our government has asked us to. We're going to gather in a safe way and uh, ask you to maintain the distance that would respect others as well. In our service at 8 o'clock, we're going to have every other pew marked out as a 
closed pew. So we're going to social distance in that way. And then at 1045, we're going to open the ones that were closed and close the ones that were open. There will also be a cleaning process in between two service times to ensure that the, the facility is as clean as it possibly can be. And uh, basically, that's it. We've, we've got a great time together starting uh, May the 10th, and uh, that'll be Mother's Day as well, so it'll be a, a good time to get together if, if you're ready to get together. There will not be any choirs or orchestra at this time. We're, we're working towards that. That will be coming back in the future, but no choir, no orchestra right now. Also, no Sunday evening activities at the church and no Wednesday activities at the church until further notice. And that will be coming online shortly, but not yet. So we're going to give a, a time for our building to be cleaned again and sanitized and ready for the following Sunday. And we will uh, we'll look at it, analyze it, and understand what our best approach is in the days to come for opening Sunday nights and Wednesdays. But glad we can get together on Sunday, May the 10th and uh, worship again live in person or either live online, your choice. We love you, miss you, and look forward to worshiping with you as we can going forward. God bless. Have a great day. Good morning and welcome to worship. We are so thankful for those that are here with us today, but we're even more thankful for those that are at home our church scattered. Um, so as we start this morning, can we just open with a word of prayer uh, and go before the Lord? And, Jesus, and, and Lord, and let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning, uh, Lord, for the opportunity to gather together to worship you. I pray that as we sing this morning, Lord, that our hearts will be ablaze with a passion for you, uh, Lord, that spills over in our singing, uh, in our, our spoken word, Lord, through the preaching. Uh, Lord, may it be a Sunday where we just rejoice in being in your presence. Just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, the, the, the musicians and vocalists, we've been singing to an empty crowd, empty crowd, empty room for a long time. So it's getting a little stir crazy. This morning, we're letting our hair down a little bit. So would you stand up and sing with us? We're going to start with Victory in Jesus. Somehow Jesus came and brought to me the victory. 
some people here. I don't know if you can see the tops of their heads, but they are just standing still singing. I'm not seeing smiles. I'm not seeing a joy to be back together, one, but a joy to be in the in, in, together with us all together, worshiping the Lord. Um, hopefully at home, where are you at? You're right there. Hopefully at home, you are worshiping the Lord and just pouring it out to him with a passion. Um, nobody can see you there. If you get up and dance, you're fine. Nobody's going to call you out on it. Now here we may not dance. That's okay. Um, but let's be a little more expressive. This is a time to express our love and our joy to the Lord. And, um, you know, think of yourself as, as the woman at the well. I just saw this on, a, on an episode last night of The Chosen we were watching. Um, where the woman at the well, she, was, she met Jesus and she was changed. She was a, a person that was living in, in um, kind of in a depression because she, she was an outcast of her society. Uh, because she had been married so many times, but Jesus came to Samaria, found her, and changed her life, and she went rejoicing back to Samaria to tell others that she had found the Messiah. So this morning, if it helps, think of yourself as that kind of change has taken place in your life, because even though you may not feel like it has, it has at one time. It has. It changed you from lost to saved, from hopelessness 
to, to joy and, and eternal life with, with the Savior. So this morning, let's worship. Let's give him the, the gratitude that he deserves and worship him. Magnificent, marvelous, matchless love. Magnificent, marvelous, matchless love, too vast and astounding to tell. Forever existing in worlds above, now offered and given to all. O fountain of beauty eternal, the Father, the Spirit, the Son, sufficient and endlessly generous. Magnificent, marvelous, matchless love. Creation is brimming with thankfulness. The mountains exultant they stand. The seasons rejoice in your faithfulness. All life is sustained by your hand. You crown every meadow with shade in the sky. Each day the dawn wakes as an encore on. Magnificent, marvelous, matchless love. Great how sure is love endures forevermore. Magnificent, marvelous, matchless love. What grace that you entered our brokenness, you came in the fullness of time. How far we had fallen from righteousness, but not from the mercies of Christ. Your cross is our door to redemption, your death is our fullness of life. That day how forgiveness flowed as a blood. Magnificent, marvelous, matchless love. How great, how sure His love endures forevermore. Magnificent, marvelous, matchless love. United in resurrection you lift us to infinite heights could anything sever or take us from magnificent marvelous matchless love how great how sure is love endures forevermore magnificent how great, how sure is love endures forevermore. Magnificent, marvelous, matchless love. 
Diana, just as I was talking about the woman at the well, she experienced that magnificent, marvelous, matchless love. And that is a, a trait of Jesus that we want to celebrate. But another one is the fact that he is our protector. Um, I go back to, for this song, I know it's based on the passage from Exodus where it says, uh, where Moses is having a conversation with the Lord and he wants to see the Lord. He wants to see him. Can I see your face? Can I see any part of you? And God, and God says to him, uh, behold, there's a place by me where you shall stand in the rock. And while my glory passes by, I will put you in the cleft of the rock and will cover you with the, with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will take away my hand and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. It's in that cleft of the rock where we find safety. God put him there so that he would not experience the wrath of God because no one can see God and live. So he put him there and, and, and covered him so he could not see him, but then he could see his back. We have that kind of cleft that we can hide in, uh, in Christ. Whenever we're facing uh, trials and tribulation, facing struggles, it's not saying that God's going to take us out of them, but he will put us in that, in that cleft and we can experience his peace as we go through them. So this next song, it's the hymn, He Hideth My Soul. Let's sing it and worship him. A wonderful Savior is Jesus my Lord, a wonderful Savior to me. He hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock Where rivers of pleasure I see Oh, wonderful Savior is Jesus my Lord He taketh my burden away He holdeth me up and I shall not be Salvation is wonderful love. 
Jesus, we just thank you so much that you are our cleft in the rock that we can hide our lives in. And God, we know that we are yours. We are secure forever. God, no matter what we face, the trials, the temptations, the tribulations, Lord, you have us. Uh, You will carry us through it, and you promise that. So, Lord, I thank you that we have that security, um, Lord, that lasts in eternity, but we don't have to wait in eternity for it. We experience it now with a relationship with you, walking with you. So, Lord, as we continue on in the service, Lord, as the, as the choir sings my video, uh, Lord, may the song that they sing minister to our hearts, uh, Lord, so that we can see you as our, our one and only way to make it through life. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated.
Well, good morning, church. Good to be with you today. And uh, for those of you joining us at home, we're glad that you have taken this privilege to worship our Lord and Savior today through uh, the online services and television. Glad you're with us this morning. Hey, take out your Bibles and turn with me to Psalm 23. I want to preach this morning from Psalm 23 and talk about the God that was just sung about Miracle worker, way maker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. What a description of our God that we serve as the choir just sang, of course recorded, but, but sang that message to us. I was sitting there thinking, those are so true about God. He is such a miracle worker, such a way maker, such a promise keeper and a light in dark times. And we, we love our Lord. We love our Savior. That's why we, we come before him every week. And, and no, you don't have to be in a church building. You don't have to be in a building to worship God. You can worship God anywhere, no doubt. I get it. But it's, it's so in, exciting and, and inviting to us when we gather to worship. I, I can't wait till next week when we can all gather again. Those that feel comfortable gathering, that we can come together and, and we can wear our mask or not wear our mask. We can wear our gloves or not wear our gloves. Whatever we need to do to feel comfortable and, and protect ourselves. But we can once again gather for worship in this place. I look forward to that. It's been uh, unique. Uh, honestly, really unique. The Pharaoh's been here. Uh, if you hadn't seen on Facebook, I mean, it's a lot of... A lot, a lot of fun times we've had with Pharaoh, and the, my staff just didn't want me to be all alone in preaching, so they brought Pharaoh, and now we see Pharaoh has a friend. So next Sunday's Bring a Friend Sunday, okay? And, and Pharaoh's ahead of the game. And those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, maybe a camera can pan over there and show you. You might not have seen it on Facebook, but uh, just kind of an interesting setup that we've had a lot of fun with and kind of kept us on our toes in the last couple of weeks. But good to, good to be with you again this morning, and and to uh, study God's Word. I want to I walk through Psalm 23. I want to talk about the Good Shepherd, God, as He shepherds His people. And I want to bring out a few truths. Having uh, more, live, more people here live this morning, having our, our deacon body and their, their families, our, our staff and their families, so that we can have a leadership meeting following this and, and to spend a, a little bit of time together understanding how we can prepare for worship with a larger group next week. Glad they can be here. I, I was so excited when, when working through this sermon, I decided that three points in a poem wouldn't work, so I wrote eight points. So we're, we're going to dive in, and, and y'all are not laughing. You don't think that's funny at all? I mean, I'm just so excited to be with you. I figured eight points was a good starting place. And, um, but we're, we're going to walk through the shepherd psalm and, and, and look at eight things that God shows us about him, his character, and us as his children. You know, it's been said before, and you've heard it, you're either entering a valley in life, and you're going to deal with something that you're going to recognize that is very challenging to you. You're either in the midst of a valley trying to figure out what's happening in life, or you've just come through a valley, and you're looking back to see what that taught you. And I think that life is much like that, and, and we're going to walk through the valley, we're going to struggle through things, and David writes a psalm to us for the glory of God, God records it for us so that we can understand what it's like to go through the valleys of life, and, and what we can learn about 
the great shepherd God that we have. So as you've turned to Psalm 23, I'd invite you, no matter where you are, stand with me. and let's, uh, let's read God's word together this morning. Psalm 23, verse 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will, I fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my oil, my, you have anointed my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Father, thank you for this time that you've given us to gather before you this morning. Uh, collected before either some device or TV or radio or however we've come. Lord, we've come together. We've set aside a time this morning to worship you, to to be uh, filled with your presence, Lord, to learn more about you, to ponder our life and how we are positioned with you in relationship. God, I pray where conviction needs to come in our life, that would happen this morning. And Lord, we would rightly respond to the conviction that you would bring by recognizing your love for us, the grace that you've extended to us, Lord, and we would line our lives up with you. You are an amazing shepherd. You love us. You long to have that intimate, personal, daily walk with us. And Lord, lead us to be the people that you've called us to be. So God, I I just pray that we'd experience a touch, your loving touch, Father, on our lives this morning. And even as we reflect upon this time in days and weeks and months to come, God, I pray that we would know, we would know that you are present in our life. We would see you in our life. We'd We long to allow you to lead our life. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, a couple things we want to walk through this morning. Looking at God as the shepherd, there are some strong points made here. The the very first one is, the Lord is my shepherd. And we can just pause right there. So much is said in that when when David writes, because David's experienced life. David is probably at the end of his life when he's writing this message. And and as he's ending his life, as he's writing this psalm, towards the end of his life, he's looking not towards the death which he'll experience, but the life that he's lived. He's looking back over the life he's lived, and he sees that God is his shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, he says. He doesn't say the Lord is a shepherd, the Lord is the shepherd. He says the Lord is my shepherd. And I think that is so encouraging to me, so encouraging to you it should be, that when we recognize that God is a personal God. He's not some God in the universe that's looking out over this earth, maybe spun it into motion in the creation and said just let happen what happens. God longs to be intimately connected and personally invested in your life. And we see David recognize that. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. As we read through this shepherd song, as we read through what David has to say here, David gets very personal with this message. He says 17 personal pronouns relating to himself. I, my, 
and me. He uses that very clearly to express that he's not talking about some distant deity that he doesn't know. He's talking about a God that he knows, a God that he has been intimately involved with, and the God of this universe has been intimately involved in his life. So we see that God knows David, and David knows God. In this text, we see that not only does God know David and David know God, God knows you. God knows you. He knows your life. He he is intimately involved with you. He knows every thought you have. He knows every hair that's on your head. In fact, if you want a parallel psalm to read, to go along with Psalm 23, as I was just flipping through some stuff this week reading, I read Psalm 139. And Psalm 139 just lines right up with Psalm 23. So you, you grasp there that the Lord has searched me, knows me. He's, I'm known by him, the psalmist says in Psalm 139. And we go through this understanding that God knows us. God knows everything that you're dealing with. He knows all your life circumstance. He knows what you're struggling with. He knows what you're happy about. He loves you, and he is concerned about you and your welfare. So we see that God knows us. I've had people say before in my life, I know how you feel. And my response after hearing someone talk about this one day has been since then, no, you don't know how I feel. You may think you know how I feel. You may think you know what I'm thinking about. You may think you know how that situation affects me, but you don't know how I feel. You can't feel me. You can't feel my innermost thoughts, my activities of life that have led up to this moment. You've not been where I've been. You've not walked in my shoes. You don't know how I feel. So I can look in this world and say I'm alone and no one knows how I feel. But God knows how you feel. God knows exactly how you feel because he knows everything about you. He's a very personal God. He knows what you've dealt with from the moment you were conceived in your mother's womb to the last day and the very last breath you'll draw on this earth, God knows you. He knows what you've done. He knows where you've been. He knows what you've dealt with. He knows what experiences your life have had. He knows you. And David knows that God knows him. And it's very important for us to recognize that the Lord is not a shepherd. He's not just the shepherd. He is my shepherd. He is your shepherd. So we see David connecting with that point and understanding that. Not only does David recognize that, he says, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. He is a shepherd. He, he leads, he, he guides, he nurtures, he cares for. And since he is a shepherd, he is my shepherd, he has me positioned where I have no want. I shouldn't want anything other than what God has offered me. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Every person in life, myself and you included, every person finds himself in need. Greg referenced the woman at the well this morning. And the woman at the well was in need. She was, she was seeking, seeking approval among the world, more than likely, like most. She was, she was needing a, a, a drink of water, so every day she went to the well. And Jesus said, if you'll drink of me, you'll thirst no more. She didn't understand that. But Jesus was trying to connect her with the fact that there was a greater need than her physical wants. There was a spiritual need and a spiritual hunger that only Jesus could feel. So we understand if you know Jesus and you've experienced his refreshing outpouring into your life, you know that he's enough. But most of us at, at points in our life 
search within this world to find something that will fill us. We search for the, throughout relationships. Maybe it's you're a girl and you're searching for that relationship with a guy and you, you think, well, that guy could do it or that guy could please me or this guy could please me. And, and you find that that alone won't fill you. Or, or man, looking for a relationship with a woman, that won't fill me. Or, or, or we look for success in work and, and for the funds and finances and the buying of stuff to fill us. Or we search within a substance and we come to a place where we look into this, this well or that well and we find that that won't satisfy us. And we come in our life to a place where continually we run to the end of the things of this world not filling us. But when we find Jesus... And we spend time with Jesus. We experience the grace of God, the love of God, the forgiveness of God, the blessing of God in our own lives. Then we find out that everything I have wanted for in my life was not really what I should have wanted until I wanted Jesus and he filled my life. And that is enough for me. That is enough for me. And the psalmist is saying, David's saying right there, the Lord is my shepherd. He knows him. He knows that he knows him. David knows that God and God knows David. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want anything other than what God has offered me. God's filling me. God's enough. God supplies. And then David goes into a conversation here about the Lord. He speaks about the Lord is my shepherd, makes it personal. I shall not want. And then he tells why he doesn't want why why there's not a want and a desire beyond god in his life that god is the most important thing in his life he he says in the next verse he makes me lie down in green pastures he leads me beside quiet waters he restores my soul he guides me in the paths of righteousness so four times there david looks to god and says he does this and so David recognizes that his Savior, his Shepherd, his Lord provides. The emphasis is not on what the sheep can do. David's not focused on what he's capable of doing or what he can do in his own strength. He's focused on what God can do. And if you read this week and you were reading through the Bible along with us, you read a lot of good scriptures about David and his mighty men. I mean, David alone, he conquered great numbers of people. and He just had great successes. In fact, if you were to write his resume, you would have a lot of material to work with. And not only did David have a lot of material to work with and have a lot of successes, but the men behind him, those that he put around him, those men, oh man, David's mighty men were amazing. They accomplished great and mighty things. They were very capable, but this is not about what the shepherd or what the, the sheep can do. It's about what the shepherd can do. David recognizes he is limited, and we saw in David's life this week that he didn't accomplish anything that was successful apart from the inner working of God and God going before him. So the sheep recognized the need for the shepherd, and David says, I look back over my life. Though you may look at my life and see great success, I see a great Savior. I see one who led me. I see one who protected me, one who carried me, one who provided for me. I see that in my life. I shall not want. He has done these things. David puts the emphasis where the emphasis should be. On he, God, has done these things. He says here, he says, he leads me to greener pastures, to green pastures. He makes me lie down in these green pastures. David recognizes that God is his source. 
there's a lot of life spent searching. We spend our lives searching. And I, I just think about an animal, uh, and a beast of the field, the, the sheep, the, the goats, the, the cows. I, I, my mind goes there and I think about pastures and I, I think about how an animal will search out a good pasture. I've got a picture I want to throw online and, and on the TV screen here. I, I was riding down the road this week, and I just want you to focus on this image for a moment. I, I found that riding down the roads in Cookville, Tennessee, outside of Cookville. I like that cow. If I was going to buy another cow, I'd buy that cow. Because one, I wouldn't need a weed eater if I had that cow. <laughs> that cow groomed that fence line all the way down the fence. Every morning, my wife's told me about this cow down out on his hands and knees, or on his knees, uh, front fo folded under and his head stuck under and grooming the ditch bank. I like it. Now, behind that, you see that other cow. That other cow's looking, what are you doing, silly? There's green grass over here. And, and there was, there's, some, there's some brown grass there, but beyond that was a lot of green grass. A lot of our lives are spent searching for a greener pasture, thinking that the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence. David knew that God could supply the green pasture. David knew that God would make him lie down in green pastures, that, that he wasn't going to carry him to a dry and deserted land and not supply for him. He knew that as he looked over Israel's move all the way from Egypt to the promised land that God had supplied. They might have gone through a dry and thirsty land, but God had supplied all this time. So David says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He, he, in other words, he takes me from my, my searching of everything in this world, looking for things that, that I long for. He shows me what is important in life. He shows me green pastures. He also says here, he says, he leads me beside quiet waters. A, a sheep won't drink from rushing water. Uh, the sheep does not go to a rushing stream where the waters are boiling and try to drink. It will only drink around streams that are very calm. There's a lot of chaos in our life. Life can get very, very chaotic at times. I mean, a lot can happen. We can, we can have a lot going on in our life, a lot of confusion and chaos. And psalmist is telling us here, David's telling us, he's speaking through these texts to our hearts to say, let me tell you something. Though my life might have been chaotic at times, there was a Savior, Redeemer, God, who led me to still waters. He knows about the chaos that can happen in life. He, he's not confused about this. God, God's not un, misunderstanding what's happening in my life. He knows the chaos in my life. He says, let me carry you to some calm waters. Let me calm things down for you. He also says in the next verse, he says, he restores my soul. A lot of people look for inner peace and they look for a way to calm things down themselves. They look for a way to feel good about their situation. They rationalize. They, they even try to make their life something that's not doing mental gymnastics. God says, listen, let me just restore your soul. From a, from a world that's been chaotic, a, a life that's been confusing, a, a lot of fast-paced searching in this world for things that won't fill you, let me do something that will change your life. Let me, 
let me provide for you as the good shepherd the leading you need to experience the restoration of your soul. God is a restorer of what we've broken. We've all messed our life up, and there's not a single person that has lived any number of days that hasn't made a bad choice, suffered some difficult circumstances and consequences from our bad choices, and and felt broken and, and really needing something that God hadn't shown them an opportunity to restore them. God's given us that opportunity to restore us. He wants to restore us. He, he doesn't want his children. He's a good shepherd. He doesn't want his children feeling broken and, and disgusted and busted. He wants us to experience his grace, his mercy, his love, his provision, his calming, his, his journey. He wants us to experience that journey. So what does he do? He keeps on saying in that text, that same verse, verse 3, he said he guides me. He guides me in the paths of righteousness. Not not that there's many paths, it's the path. He guides us to the path of righteousness. So we see that God carries us down the path that will make a difference in our life if we will follow his lead. God is willing to lead us. He, He wants to lead us. He doesn't want us out there wandering around. He wants us to be a sheep that is being led by the shepherd down the right path. The scriptures also tell us, Jesus said, Oh, there there are many roads, and there's a big road, and there's a narrow road. Many, many journey down the wide road because it leads the way of the world, and it leads to destruction. So the the world, just because everybody's doing it, I'll never forget my parents always tell me, just because everybody jumps off a cliff doesn't mean you should, okay? Just because everybody's doing it doesn't mean you should do it. There's a perfect path. There is that way. And God wants to lead you down that way. He, he's got a way. He, he, lays, he says, I will lead you. He tells us, if you seek me, you'll find me. If you follow me, I'll lead you. I, he's not going to lead us into destruction and despair. The shepherd would never lead his sheep into a place that would cause destruction and despair. But he will lead us if we will follow him into the paths of righteousness. There is a right way to go. So I want you to think about it. Many people spend their life searching for something that will satisfy them in the rat race of life. Living in this world, feeling empty, mostly walking down the wrong path. Did y'all get that? Because that's where a lot of people live their life. They, They live their life seeking to be satisfied in the rat race of life, empty, walking down the wrong path. And David, knowing God, says this. The good shepherd wants to lead us to a place of lasting provision, calming the chaos, filling our soul, and leading us down the right path. But we have to choose. It's your choice. Continuing to read in this text, we see the results are not for our glory, but for his. It says... He does these things. The, the, David gets it. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the path of righteousness. In the path of, the path of righteousness. So he wants me to go down this pathway, this, this right way. What for? For his name's sake. God created this world. He is, his name is on this world. It's not somebody else's. It's his He created you. He created everything we see. It's his. This is the world. 
that the Lord has made is His. He claims ownership to it. And, and in claiming ownership to it, His name is attached to it. And He wants it to be great. But we can't make it great on our own. But we can follow Him in greatness. And His name be great. His name is not exalted. His name is not great when I, as a child of His, created by Him, rebel against Him, run in a different direction from Him and His leadership. That, that's not going to make His name great. I remember my dad, when he gave me the keys to my vehicle the first time, he, and I left off on a pathway to go and have a good time that night, he said, Now, son, you remember one thing. You're a McKinney. And when you come home tonight, I want you to bring home my name, because that's my name. I'm giving, I gave you that name. I, I brought you in this world. And, and God, God created you. I don't know if he really said that, but I'm, I'm thinking back. That's what he was really thinking. But I think he said, I brought you in this world. I'll take you out. I think that's what he said. But he said, I brought you in this world. You're a McKinney. You bear my name. When you come home, bring my name home worthy to be brought back to this house. In other words, when you go out, you represent me. You, you live your life out there. You bear my name. Ladies and gentlemen, I am a Christian. When I go into this world, when I live my life day in and day out, I represent Christ. I, I mean, I'm, I'm the bearer of that name. I am created in His image. I am called according to be in His likeness. And I carry His name. I want it to come home every day worthy. It's not just that I am a, a Christian and the pastor of this church and, and the member, a member of a family that I love dearly and would never want to dis, you know, disappoint, but I live for Jesus. Above all, I'm His and I bear His name. So we do what we do for His name's sake, or either we do what we do for our, our own feelings, our own good, our own desires. But we have to remember whose we are. Not just who we are, but whose we are. We're His. And it's for His name's sake. The shepherd brings the sheep to a place where they can, they can have nothing to fear. See, he says he does this for His name's sake. So he, he's, got, he's got a stake in the game. He's got a stake in my name. He's going to lead me. And, and I'm, he's my shepherd. He's going to lead me. And he's going to do it for His name's sake. He's going to recognizing life's going to happen. He's going to be with me. He says, even though, listen to David, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It's not that David says, man, if I ever go through a valley, this is the way I'm going to do it, guys. You hear a lot of people say, speculate how they'll handle a situation. Well, if I ever did that, I would do this. Now, you don't know until you walk a day in those shoes, till you bend down that road, how you'll respond in that situation. David says, even though I walk through the valley, he's going through the valley, he's been through the valley, he knows how he responds. And he said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I not will fear no evil. He says, I fear no evil. I fear, I fear no evil. Why? Because he says, you are with me. He appreciates the partnership, and the guidance, the direction of God in his life. So he knows that he has nothing to fear. 
And when we live apart from fear, we live that way only because we have complete trust. I can live without fear in my life because I have a truthful, trustworthy God who says, I'll guide you. I'll lead you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. So since I know he won't forsake me, I know when I'm walking, there's, there's not just me walking down that journey. God's with me. So I can, I, can, I can go down that road knowing he's with me. And not fear because the shepherd is with me. The shepherd's not going to allow me to be slaughtered. He's going to walk with me. No matter where I go, I'm with him. He's with me. He is my shepherd. He says, the rod and the staff. Notice that he says, your rod and your staff. They comfort me. Now, I want to I point out something else before I forget this, because this is so key. If you notice, David talk, started talking about the Lord is my shepherd. He's talking about God. He makes me, he, he restores, he guides, he does this for his name. He's talking about God, about God. And he goes from talking about God to talking to God in verse 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. See, he goes from, let me tell you about God, to God. I mean, he, he turns from information to worship, and he worships God. He says, your rod and your staff. See, the rod and the staff have a dual purpose, protection and correction. We, we may think of a staff just as correction, yeah, that we you don't spare the rod, you'll spoil the child. We've heard that, right? It's biblical. <laughs> there's there's a rod for correction, but also that rod is for protection. And and it had, the shepherd's staff had a hook on it, right? And it was, so if that that sheep started wandering, he could reach out there and grab it and pull it back, or or he could use it as a weapon to protect those sheep. God is protecting us. God has us. Nothing's going to happen in my life. Nothing's going to happen in your life that's not filtered through the hand of God. And, and you may not fully understand that on this side of eternity. I get it. But when we get there, we'll recognize that he never left us. He never forsaked us. He never forsook us. He never took his hand off of us. He never quit protecting and correcting in our life because his rod and his staff are part of who he is. Not only is the shepherd sustained, though, he satisfies. Look, look at verse 5. It says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Wow. In the difficult times of life, God prepares a table. A table can be a piece of furniture where food's put, or it can be a flat piece of land where production happens for growth and nurturing. And what we see here is David recognizes that, man, you set me on a table. You've set a table before me. I'm taken care of. You're not, just, you're not just sustaining me in my life. You're satisfying. It's satisfying to walk with God. Not just sustaining. This is not just, I'm going to get through life because God's with me. No, God's going to satisfy me. And where? In the presence of enemies. You're, you're not going to get apart from the presence of enemies. David knew that. 
The enemies were there. They were seeking to destroy him, but God prepared a table. God blessed him. God provided for him in the presence of the enemies. And he anoints his head, showing favor and constant care. God did not leave David apart from being taken care of, provided for, sustained, and satisfied. And David gets that. And he says here, You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. I am, I'm telling you, I, I, I wish I could just help you get this if you don't get this. But when you live for Jesus, and I, I've got 17 years of living with Jesus. Some of you got a lot longer than that, and you could tell a whole lot more stories. Some of you aren't there yet. I remember, though, the first days of walking with Jesus and seeing Jesus do things in my life. And they got very encouraging and very exciting to me. And they helped me down the road further. I was seeking hard the Father in, in, in my life. But I know that my life overflows. I know that God has blessed me beyond measure. He has done more for me than I can recount in this time this morning. I, I spend my life, I, I was walking yesterday just thinking, Oh, my word, Lord, what you have done for me. You have so blessed me as a man. I, I, I just was, my mind was just running rampant, thinking of all the things that God had done since the transition of my life from living for myself to living for my Savior. And I, I can't explain it any other way. Words are not good enough to tell you other than he is a good shepherd and he can be trusted. He is, he is truthful. He doesn't lie. When he says, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. When he says, I want to bless you, I know the plans I have for you, he says. He wants to bless us. Now, that may mean we go through a valley. Don't forget, David says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Because he's experienced God walking with him. And he knows that God will carry him through. He knows that God will sustain him. So, we see that he blesses us. Surely, verse 6, surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. So we, we have seen now, shepherd leads the sheep. We get that. But also we see now this, surely loving kindness and goodness, are, that, that's characteristics of God. The psalmist David is speaking about God. He said, not only do we follow God as our shepherd, not only does he lead us, but the the Hebrew there would give us the understanding that he is in an all-out pursuit of us. That God is pursuing us with loving kindness and goodness. That he is after us. Okay, it's, it's, you need to get this. God is after you, not to destroy you, but with loving kindness and goodness, God is pursuing your life. I want to be pursued by that God, amen? I want to be pursued by the Lord is my shepherd. I want to know that not only if I step out of line, he's pursuing me. He's after me because he loves me. And he is the best provider ever known. He's beyond my imagination, my comprehension. He's pursuing me with loving kindness. And he says also, this happens all the days of my life. It's not like God takes a vacation or a break. God's always pursuing us. And he says... And I will, listen to what David says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is an experience that never ends. I am on a journey. I'm, I have a destiny, but I'm on a journey with Jesus that will never end. Never end. 
I may leave this earth by death. I may leave this earth by God coming and taking us. But I will be with God forever. He is my shepherd. I shall not want. Is he your shepherd? As you think about yourself, you think about your life, are you a wandering sheep seeking the things of this world and missing all that God wants to do in your life? Or are you praising God, knowing him as shepherd, following his lead? It's our decision. He, he doesn't make us, but he allows us to follow his lead. He's pursuing us. He's pursuing you. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, he's pursuing you right now because he loves you and cares for you. And he wants you to be on the right path, not the wrong path. He, he wants you to be filled, not empty. He wants to restore your soul. And God will do that for us. It's time of invitation. You can, uh, at your homes, I would just ask you to pray. I would ask you to maybe get in, engaged with the worship as well, but pray. And ask God, what, what do I need to do, Father? Or am, am I following you? Am I really uh, allowing you to pursue me in the way that you desire to pursue me? Am I following hard after you? And if not, Lord, what would it take today? What would it take today? Let me tell you, if you let go of everything in this world and you grab hold of Jesus, you lose nothing. You gain it all. You gain it all for eternity. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for being our good shepherd. Thank you for being our shepherd. Lord, move in our hearts as only you can. And as Lord, as we have this time of worship, uh, lead us to make the response that we need to make, be it at home, be it here, whatever we need to do. Father, you, you do. And allow, Lord, let us be willing to let you do whatever you want to do in our life. Thank you for being a good shepherd, our shepherd. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand as we sing? Take my life and let it be consecrated more to thee. Take my moments and my days.
with you this morning and uh, we ask that if you are at home this morning and you're worshiping with us and you made a decision to follow Jesus let him be the amazing shepherd of your life then I pray that you would let us know that we'd love to uh, worship with that and uh, worship the Lord with that and, and celebrate that with you uh, last last week we had a couple people get saved so that was really cool and uh, people all over are watching online and we'll continue that through uh, we, we've been online for years now. We'll continue to be online. We've, we've added Facebook Live. We'll continue to be on Facebook Live and, and YouTube and other ways that you can uh, be connected with us. We want to continue those. Live may look a little different next week. We don't know. It, we will not have a service next week at 9 o'clock. So we'll not be live at next, next week at 9. So look on our, our homepage of our website. We'll announce the time that live will be. Uh, you can definitely watch it at 1045. Uh, Central Standard Time, you might be able to see it much earlier than that. We have an 8 and a 1045 service next week. So I want to invite you, if you're capable of coming, ready to come, and excited about coming to worship with us next week, we'd love for you to join us and uh, be a part of live worship with us. Also, small groups will meet next week. Look forward to uh, just interacting with you at your comfort level. We want to protect you and provide a very safe space for you to come and worship in. So we've, we've taken measures. We're going to talk now as a, a body of leaders uh, here in the church about how we can protect better our, our time together next week. So we're looking forward to next week, Mother's Day, and, and worshiping our Lord and Savior together. Uh, God bless you. Thank you for being with us, and we look forward to seeing you next week. Amen.
It's really odd when you have talked to people. <laughs> That's been our life for a